How are you all doing today? This is the Jeff Salgado Show with my co-host, Mike Boyd. What's up, man? Not much. Loving today. It is May 3rd. We're on a Sunday. How you doing? I'm good. How about you, dude? I'm enjoying this weather. It is 75 degrees, not a cloud in the sky. Absolutely beautiful. Everybody's out doing their thing. This is what spring should be. Regardless of... Uh, <laughs> What we've been told as far as a uh, stay-at-home order, everybody I've looked outside is out. They're just out doing their shit. They don't give a fuck. No masks. Nobody gives a shit anymore. So whatever. It depends on where you go. I see a very polarized population. There are those who have completely bought into believing that this is a huge pandemic. And then there are those who go to the beach. And you know what? What are you going to do? Well, what are you going to do? We're going to podcast. <laughs> Today we have a, a very special interview with the guitar player from the legendary Santa Cruz punk band called Blast, Mike Nider. Fuck yeah. So he can, he will join us today. Um, he put up a post, which was pretty cool on social media. It was, uh, it was a, about a week ago. It was talking about down in uh, Southern California, Los Angeles, uh, Ventura, or no, excuse me, in Venice, on Venice Beach, they... Uh, somebody dumped a bunch of sand into a skate park. It was kind of fucked up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then all of a sudden... You they know, didn't want anyone skating because of the whole shelter thing. And right, and then all of a sudden you see these kids come out there with fucking dirt bikes and getting all rad. Dude, I was laughing my ass off. Good yeah. job, failure. Yeah, dude, you're not going to... Come on, dude. The skater kid, you're not going to hold him down. No, you cannot stop. You're not going to hold him. You can't stop fun. People are no. always going to get away with it. And, you know, having it being... Uh, the rule of people are going to break the fucking rules. And it doesn't matter what side of the aisle you stand on. That's just the way kids are. They love to break rules. I don't, I don't think that goes into adulthood, too. There's plenty of people who are like, all right, we'll play along. And then after a certain point, they're just going to be like, no. Right. No, we're done. I need to go outside. I need to see I need to see the sun. I need to see my family. Right. Yeah. Anyways, how have you been personally? I've been okay. I could have not done... Like I said, I probably have all the same frustrations that everybody else has experienced since, what was it, March 13th, I think it was? No, no, no. That was our last day of freedom. So ever since March 16th, I'm same frustrations everybody else's. Uh, I won't lie. I have not really followed the shelter in place all that diligently. Freedom! I, I don't wear a mask. I don't wear gloves. Well, you know, I, I, yeah. I think it's good that people are... Self, you know, or, um, excuse me, like want to be safe. They want to be aware of what's going on. I personally have been working this whole time. I'm out in it the entire time. So this week, I I took the week off. I was oh, like, yeah. you know what? I need a fucking break. I, everybody's they're at you know they're home, and that sucks because I know a lot of people that want to get back to work and whatnot. But I just needed a break. I was exhausted, like physically exhausted. So I took a week off. I got time to catch up on my artwork. I got Fuck some, yeah. You know, that's what I'm all about this week, and then uh. A lot of reading and uh, having fun. And uh, Psychosomatic will be making some announcements real soon. You know, we've been a band a really long time. How long? I, I mean, it's we're going to be... This is our 32nd year. Congratulations, dude. I guess. No, I, that's a, <laughs> I think that's a testament, dude. There's well, more bands that break up than they do last. Right. And it's. Uh, I've just managed to keep it together with a, a bunch of people that love music and that's really what it is extreme music and uh you know we have a long history we started from salinas and back in the day we used to play in santa cruz a lot because that was for us that was out of town in monterey and you know those counties but going into salinas in the 
late 80s, early 90s was very difficult to be from a band from Salinas to Santa Cruz. There was a, a weird kind of rivalry between the two cities. Um, Santa Cruz just did not like anybody from Salinas, but we somehow weaseled our way in. Uh, we developed a fan base there and made a lot of friends. So back then it was it was really cool to be able to just go from city to city. And I never saw any other bands from Salinas really take off in Santa Cruz like we got a chance to. And that was from hitting the scene early, knowing a lot of people, and just being as cool as possible. And we developed a really good friendship with this band called Blast. And we played with them a bunch of times. I, I've, I've known these guys for a very long time. Mike's really cool. Cliff's really nice. They've been super awesome in the time I've known them. So we'll, we're going to get to our interview now. This is Mike Nider from Blast. How you doing, Mike? Hey, pretty good, Jeff. How are you? Good. Cannot complain. Where are you at? Where, where do you live at? I'm in San Clemente, California. How's the weather? Beautiful right now. Little breeze, sunny. You miss seventies. You miss Santa Cruz. Yeah, it's like my home, you know. For sure. So San Clemente's that's that's down by San Diego, right? Uh, San Clemente, yeah. It's about forty-five minutes from uh, north of San Diego. Very cool. But we always, you know, we always talk about Santa Cruz. So two good spots. So we're going to go down the, the list of your history with music. What was the uh, Santa Cruz scene like when you guys first started in Blast? Uh, it was so great. It was, you know, bands would come in and play gigs and parties or warehouses. And it was uh, not a big scene. So it was, you know, everyone, a nice batch of friends, you know. And it was just, it was pretty badass. We got to you know, the run of the mill of the town. And then we had San Jose and San Francisco, you know, hour away or so, so we were right there. You guys just started playing everywhere? Uh, yeah. So I think, uh, yeah, we, you know, we did a lot of LA trips. Nice. Long Beach, you know, was a big thing for us. We played there a lot in San Francisco, yada. How did you guys get signed on uh, Greg Ginn from Black Flag's label, SST? That's pretty cool. Well, when we started playing, when we started playing in LA at first, you know, all of a sudden Chuck Dukowski from Black Flag SST, was, you know, started coming to our shows, and we were like, "Whoa, what a trip!" And all of us—that's what pretty much inspired the band—was him and you know the rest, you know, Greg Gann and everybody. So when he started coming to our shows, we didn't know. We were like, "What the fuck is?" crazy he's digging the band you know it's cool yeah and we just started talking to him and becoming friends and stuff and sst went through their thing and uh we played with bad brains and gone at in santa barbara and you know we've spoken with greg Gannon too so i think he started uh taking sst on his own and we had this ghetto box recording and we played them it's in my blood and shh and uh something beyond and in our van before or after the gig and he said fuck yeah let's do this man let's get blast on sst so it was kind of uh you know that was like the that was the look we wanted to get you know it's like getting the reward 
after that, it's like, what the fuck? What? Nothing left after that. <laughs> right. I mean, you guys, obviously, with your music, is heavily influenced by Black Flag. You can hear it in the music, the style, and the formula you guys use. And just to be on the same label as the, the band that you guys really, like, kind of emulated, It's that's a pretty, you know, as soon as you guys did, it's pretty pretty commendable. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was, the whole thing is kind of a trip, because we all grew up together, and <clears throat> we used to bombard down to up to San Francisco and, you know, see all these old germs and all these bands and, you know, party it up. And all of a sudden, in 1979, Barrington Hall, Berkeley, Black Flag play, and that's the first time I've seen him. And, uh, you know, we were kind of just, you know, jaw dropped and fucking stood in our tracks like, holy shit, this is how you're supposed to do it, man. This guy's mean business. They're not fucking around at all. <laughs> so it kind of just took that for you know for us and we just kind of hit it hard after that that's awesome you know i that's one band i never got to see live was black flag in any of their forms i was really regretful really? yeah i've never got i mean i've seen tons of youtube videos at this point i just get bummed when i see it because it's so sick but yeah, yeah i, I never got great. to see black flag all the random places in california tracy sacto everywhere like all these weird random spots all the time so you got we kind of just we saw him, you know, many times, so, so we're when, lucky. When did you guys get to uh, release Power of Expression? What, how or when? Or? Well, like, you you obviously were on SST, and uh, who was in the band, and when did you release that? The Power of Expression? Yes. Uh, well, we were we all went to school together, you know, ever since middle school, and we skated together. We pretty much had our own skate team and everything, and it kind of evolved into music we kind of chose our instruments and stuff and said, hey, let's do this you do that and let's get to it and it kind of just really got us fired up so uh there was uh, steve dave and bill and myself up in middle vista you know we were up north and clifford was down in santa cruz and dave's parents lived in santa cruz so we always went down there and, you know, throughout the, the hardcore scene and stuff, met Clifford and stuff. They were in a, so, uh, let me see. I started a band up in uh, Auburn, and Steve, Dave, and Bill moved down to Santa Cruz, started a band in Santa Cruz. So I didn't want to move down there. I planned on moving to L.A. originally. So they started a band, M.A.D., and it was kind of, you know, they did a recording and had like six songs or something. It's kind of a fast punk band. And I had a band SOC in Auburn. And it was more of a mid-tempo uh, heavy band. Well, all we did is ghetto box recordings. We never recorded. So uh, I moved to LA for a while. They called me up saying, hey, we're done with this. Let's start another band. And so I went up there and went for it and got a job at NHS and started writing music and it was us five and that's how the power of expression came about and we just practiced you know that's pretty much all we did is practice a lot and uh did a couple compilation records and stuff and then started playing out a lot and next thing you know it just started really evolving for us and then we met uh pat dubar of wishing well and uh, uh, Green World 
we had, you know, we were on Green World Records, and then we put Wishing Well label on the record as well. Nice. And they wanted to do the records. We're like, cool, man. So we put out our first record, The Power of Expression, and that allowed us to start playing out a lot. So uh, once that happened, then we started playing, and then you know Chuck started coming to our shows, and kind of went from there. You guys, uh, you guys started playing with COC a lot, right? Yeah, we played with COC a lot early on, and became real good friends with them. Now they're just sick as hell back then, and still are. But that was kind of uh, a duel that was really nice, man. We just like to play together and egg each other on and fucking good times back then. And you know, it was a great band. You said you worked it. You said you worked at uh, NHS. What's that? NHS is Santa Cruz Skateboards and Independent Truck Company and all that. Oh, nice. Santa Cruz. So I started there in 83, at the same time I started Blast. So it was a trip for me because in high school, I thought, you know, my favorite skateboarding company was Santa Cruz Skateboards and favorite band was Black Flag. And I bolted down to Santa Cruz and got a job for 20 years with Santa Cruz Skateboards and got signed to Black Flag's label. So I was like, <laughs> That worked out pretty good. <laughs> That's awesome, dude. You can't you can't ask for better than that. That's great. Yeah, seriously. But did you guys do any uh, touring during the Power of Expression? Yeah, we toured the Power of Expression. I think it was like you know, in the United States only. You know, we sure. I think we went across to Midwest to New York to down Florida to down south and New Orleans and Texas and back up to California. So we did it for about. 35 days or something like that nice that was one tour what's that was that, that was the power of expression tour that was just one tour oh yeah yeah awesome and who who'd you guys tour with uh it was our own tour nice and half of it or quarter of it was with jfa fuck yeah and we did a bunch of stuff with local bands across you know most of it that's killer i just think you know coc back east and uh, yeah, that's when we first got to play CBGBs and all that good stuff. So, yeah, that was our first tour. I remember I was in uh, I was in summer school with this really good friend of mine. His name's Dave Smith, and he's like, "Dude, you got to check out this band. They're like Black Flag." And I had you guys on a cassette, and it was Power of Expression, and I wore that tape out. It was fucking sick as fuck, <laughs> dude. I was like, "Dude, this is so good." And, yeah, and so then. Uh, when did you guys release It's In My Blood, and did you have any lineup changes? Yeah, uh, prior to It's In My Blood, uh, we, we turned into a four-piece. And Reed, actually from COC, calls up, hey, I got this guy, fuck dicks you guys, and sick guitar player, you should you know, let him in your band, check it out. And it was, you know, Kip Duvall. Oh, wow. Uh, from Neon Christ. So yeah. Like, Oh, yeah, come on, man, come on and check it out. And so he joined the band right before we, uh, well, we started playing shows before that, but right before Send My Blood, he came out and joined the band. And he wrote a song and sounded cool. So, you know, we kept him out there. And I think that lasted, I don't know how long, I think it was maybe about a year or something like that. So he was in the band for a year and then we recorded uh, It's In My Blood with him. And I think, uh, yeah, that show we played with 
Bad Brands and uh, Gone in Santa Barbara. He was in that. We did we were doing a Slayer show. We did a bunch of you know really cool stuff right before the record. So when Greg said, "Yeah, let's go for it," we you know booked the time and jammed that record out. Where'd you guys record it at? In Aptos, Mars, Mars recording in Aptos. It's like Dave Alley back by the high school Freedom Boulevard. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, the, the first record, Five Expression, that was, uh, what's that called? I'm like drawing a blank on what studio that was. Fane record or Fane Studio? I I know what you're talking about. Long time ago. Yeah. Yeah, but it's in my blood was uh, Mars. And you guys toured for It's in My Blood? Yes, we toured It's in My Blood and same kind of thing. We uh went out for about thirty five days or something like that. And had a hell of a good time. That was kinda of crazy too, because that was I think our first show or second show we were we were attacked by a bunch of skinheads in uh Denver. Jesus. So they broke our van and tore it apart and broke all the windows. We had to duct tape all of our windows and drove the rest of the tour with duct tape windows and stuff. Again, had problem in the 80s. Yeah, I remember. Uh, well, um, we took so, the heat for COC because they said something about skinheads. And COC didn't end up playing and they took it out on us. Right. So, bunch of hills. Was that on their Technocracy album? I think it was. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. It was on their sleeve. Yeah. They, right. said, they said something like, I think, what was it? It was like, some, the only thing that's good about skinheads is that they're biodegradable. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. Start, way to start shit, buddy. <laughs> that sucks. But so uh, I actually saw you guys on that tour, and it was at the Babuhe Gardens in San Francisco with Adrenaline OD. And that was sick as fuck. Yeah, I, I can't remember who opened the show, but I remember Adrenaline OD came on. I was the first time I ever seen them. They killed it. Then you guys came on and destroyed the place. It was great. Nice. Yeah, those shows were so fun. Yeah, they were wild. The, the energy it was just bitching, man. It was just unreal. They were really, really wild. I just remember being at a blast show, and it's like, it, it, you know, and, and you had every blast show I've been to, you guys had like a full raging skate crew that was there. Like just the skaters that come out of the woodworks. And so yeah, yeah. they were always drunk and raging, and it was always violent. It was great. <laughs> That's what it was all about back then. Yeah, it was definitely a, it was a pretty good heavy energy there for sure. I think, yeah. Did you have a lineup change again? Was it the bass? I can't remember. Uh, you mean after it's in my blood or during or? or was it take the manic ride? I'm not sure. Oh, take the manic ride. Well, I think Kip left about a year after it's in my blood, so. We just remained a four-piece, and uh, you know, we just, I started writing the, the "Take the Matic Ride," and we just we did it as a four-piece. Really? And I think, I think that was the last of the original members. It was that record. Gotcha. But you guys still kept playing after that, right? Oh yeah, we did tour again. You know, same kind of thing. Like 35 days out in the USA and never never got overseas or anything like that, unfortunately. But uh, we definitely toured that record same the same way. Right. I remember the uh, we got lucky and we got to get on one of your shows in your hometown of Santa Cruz, which was really sweet. And I was at the Vets right. Hall 
with the Melvins. Yeah, that was bitching. Dude, that shit was wild. It was insane. And you had a you had a different bass player at that time. It was like a tall guy with a shaved head that had like flames tattooed on his skull. It was pretty sick. Yeah, I think uh, Dave actually bailed right after the recording of the Mac Ride, and we got John Schuler. Okay. And he was like fucking amazing. He was you know, a really good guitar player. So he wanted to do play bass, and you know, of course, fuck yeah, I mean, of course. So he just he killed it. It was really fun to play with him. Yeah, that that crowd was insane. That was like in Santa Cruz, <laughs> blast Melvins, psychosomatic, and I just remember that pit when you guys first started playing was just nuts. I was like, holy shit. That was you, you Psychosomatics and Melvin's Blast, right? Yeah, Psychosomatic, Melvin's Blast, and I and they used our demo cover for the actual flyer. I think it was Todd Kent put that shit on, which is really uh, sweet back in the day. And then I um, I always wondered, how did you get a clear guitar? That thing is so badass. Uh, it, was, it was weird. I actually got it in Sacramento, man. <laughs> Rad. I think it was, it was a K&K, is that what it's called? I don't know. I forgot. Anyways, I went into this uh, music, you know, instrument store in Sacramento. Skips Music? No, it wasn't Skips. It was the other one. I walked in and it was sitting right there. I was like, unreal. I couldn't believe it. You know, I've been wanting one of these forever. It just <clears throat> fit my hands and stuff so good. I couldn't really play anything else. So I just stuck with that. And that's where I got it in Sacramento. I think it was like 1979 or something. Thing was so sick. Yeah, that thing has uh, definitely been through some battles, that's for sure. <laughs> has it ever had any it's in my blood on it? <laughs> yeah. I bet. So what happened with you guys with Slayer? Oh, we got we were, we got this super cool show with Slayer, you know. Jordan at Global, which is SST Records, you know, we're booking blast and he got us this really killer show with Slayer. <clears throat> you know, we were, he's, Slayer's, you know, sick as hell, so we were pretty stoked on it. And we pulled up to Olympic Auditorium in LA, is where it was, and it was super fucking fun show. But we, we were all, everyone was done with their sound checks, you know, so we were like, okay, Slayer just finished their sound check, we did, blah, blah, blah. Me, I think Dave and Bill, I think walked backstage, not backstage, but up in the bleachers. And we look over and Slayer's sitting there, you know, back in the 80s, they had their outfits on and fog, <laughs> you know, doing all these promo pictures and shit, you know. So we're like, fuck, checking it out, like whatever. And Kurt from DRI walks up and yells some shitty thing at Slayer and then ducks. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. We're like, what the fuck? And the whole Slayer team, all their managers, band, and everyone's staring right at us like, what the fuck did you guys just say? We're like, holy shit, that was lame. What the fuck? <laughs> we just got caught, you know, like, fuck, is this guy? We didn't say that or anything. Right. He kept, he hit. We kind of like, just, ah, whatever, fuck you. Split. Like, you dick, you know, Kurt, what the fuck did you do that for? You know, it's all fun and games and shit, so. Right. Ended up, you know, this, the whole show, we're like, fucking, this is show's unreal, bitching show, I don't know. There's Overkill and DRI and Blast and Slayer, I think. Fuck yeah. And so, 
there's tons of people there, but Slayer got on stage and started playing. Are you ready? We're going to fucking kick some ass, unlike the first band. Because <laughs> they were pissed at us because they thought we called them, you know, a bunch of shit. Kurt fucked you guys up. <laughs> <laughs> so they were, you know, pissed. That's we're right. like, what the fuck? And right. Back in the day, too, you fuck with blasts, you know, we get pissed. Yeah, We didn't, for we sure. didn't fuck around at all. So we were like, fuck that, fuck you. And we're like, holy shit, they just talk shit about us, what the fuck? Right. <laughs> at the same time, we're kind of laughing, because we actually duck slayer, so we were bummed. Uh-huh. The whole show was over, and by that time, everyone was kind of trying to start vibing, and we pulled our van inside the uh, stadium, and Slayer, and it was actually pointing right at Slayer, and Slayer's managers, and all the whole band was sitting right in front of the stage. Clifford, like, never fucking drives. He just never, he's not the driver. It's unreal to see him even behind the wheel. All of a sudden, he jumps in the driver's seat. Oh, shit. I know. But I don't know if I should even say this. <laughs> Go ahead, say it. But we were, all of a sudden, he starts the van, and we didn't have a fucking exhaust. We were having fun. It was not like a big deal. We don't <laughs> fuck what we were doing. And all of a sudden, the whole Slayer team's looking right at us, and Cliff starts revving the motor. Oh, shit. Like fucking insanely loud, just revving it over and over. <laughs> and all of a sudden, everyone's kind of looking at the van, a blast, and they're tripping out. Like, what the fuck are these guys doing? And Slayer's like tripping like they know it. I said something stupid, and... So Clifford punches it and drives and charges right at him, you know. Oh, Fuck. my God. Holy shit. They all kind of shit their pants, and then he turns the wheel you know, way before I even got close to him. Right. It's still scary to but see somebody coming at you. Oh, <laughs> uh, you know, it was like not even that. It wasn't even scary. But it was fucking, <laughs> for them, they kind of probably shit their pants because it looked insane. Right. But anyway, so he turns and started heading out up the ramp. We look behind us and there's just a fucking mob of people running after us. Oh, shit. Like, fuck, get the fuck out of here. And so Cliff never drives, so he was kind of just going, fuck this, and he was just, you know, brodied out of there. <laughs> he take a left, take a left, and he took a left, and it was a dead end. Like, oh, holy no. shit. Next thing we knew, the whole van was fucking just being pommeled by this mob, you know. We had a whole mob around the van. Oh, my God. I think at this point, I think Bill hopped in the driver's seat and said, fuck, move, and jumped in and put it in reverse and just punched it and got the fuck out of there and pulled it in the alleyway and then just hit it and drive. And also we heard all the shit and hitting the van and stuff and pulled down the road. We got out of the van and there's like bullet holes in the back of our door. Oh, <laughs> shit. Oh, my God. People <laughs> shooting at you? Jesus Christ. Yeah, it was crazy. So, you know, needless to say, it was, you know, misunderstanding. That's fucking gnarly, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> At the same time, you know, so we were pissed. Like, we were, fuck, you don't talk shit. We were a fucking wussy thing to do. Right. But in their, you know, their defense, they thought we were talking shit about them, so it was just a stupid misunderstanding. And we all dick slayers, so that's kind of a weird story, but it was fucking a lot more hectic than it sounded, but uh, we definitely didn't put anybody in danger, that's for sure. How long ago was that? When did that happen? That was, uh, it's in my blood record, so I think it was like 88. Oh, wow. Fuck. That's crazy. Yeah. But we got a ton of those, so we had good stories. Do you guys, uh, do you guys ever have any interactions with Henry Rollins? 
Yeah, fuck. I mean, uh, Clifford was pretty much friends with him. And, you know, I've, we've seen him a gazillion times. And then we uh, played with him. I think it was the expression of, I mean, the expression, the power of expression and slip it in to her combined in Monterey. We played together. Nice. And uh, I think that's where some shit was said or, you know, some other weird shit was going on. Not by us, but by him and our ex-guitar player, Steve. And, uh, you know, that's pretty much that. What do you say? Well, I think what happened, I didn't know this years later. I guess in one of his books, he, you know, talks shit about Blast. Oh, these guys are like Black Flag wannabes or some shit like that. Oh, they get in the van. Gotcha. Right. I have yeah, a Yeah. You know, I didn't, I don't read it, but someone told me. And, you know, it's weird because we're friends with Chuck and Greg Ginn, you know, and they're like, we're going to sign you. We're going to put you on our label. And all of a sudden, this fucker says this shit about us in his book. We're like, oh, this is weird. Right. Well, what happened, it was weird, too, because he was super cool, and all of a sudden, we played this show in Monterey, and all of a sudden, he had these, you know, little blue shorts on, he just has no pads, nose in the air, and it's like, well, this fucking guy's weird now, what's the fuck? It's kind of lame. Still digging, and then I killed it. <laughs> I think, like, in 2010 or 13, uh, uh, Steve, one of the original guitar players, told me really what happened. I didn't know. I was like, I was, why did he put that in the book? That was lame, but it was... You know, Steve kind of caused all this shit. And I guess what happened was after the sound check, Steve stayed in the, the club and he had the exact same preamp Greg Ginn had. Okay. And he okay. started writing down the settings and then he started changing his settings exactly like Ginn's. Oh, okay. All right. And Henry Owens was the only one in there as well. So it was those two. And Henry walks up to Steve and says, do you mind? And, you know, Steve says, yeah, I do. And kept on doing it, you know, uh, that so sucks. That's, that's what sparked that hole in the van thing. I was like, fuck, that's lame. You know, so many toads fucking buy that shit and buy into it. It's like, fuck, I don't want that shit hovering over us, you know? Right, right, right. Again, you know, Henry kills it when he's on stage. So I didn't know why he did that. Now I, I found out like 20 years later why he did that. I kind of don't blame him now, but <laughs> that sucks, man. What a shitty yeah. circumstance. And like, you can't control everything, right? It just, shit just yeah. happens. Exactly. That sucks. Exactly. That's why, you know, just kind of whatever, keep on going. And last, if you fuck with us, we'll come after you too. But for the most part, we're, we're all, Pretty nice and friendly and easy going guys. So oh fuck yeah, you guys have always been great, especially to us. Every time we uh, we we played with you guys, uh, I think it was at the Stone with the Vandals, Flambodians. I remember that show. That was, yeah, that, that was good. Man. That was a really sick one. I mean, we it was our first show in Sacramento, or excuse me, San Francisco at the Stone, and we were like way pumped. We we brought like 150 people ourselves just badass. for that one show. I was like, dude, that was badass. And we, I think we, yeah, we'd just been in a band for like, I think we were around for maybe two years at that time. So that was really sick. Yeah, you guys are great. Thank you. Still are. Jeez, man. You guys, same thing. Well, I'm just, yeah, exactly. (laughs) There you go. Exactly. It's in my blood. For sure. I always remember like going to COC shows and seeing they had like blast stickers all over their amps and their guitars. And I was like, Dude, these guys are tight. Like they're tight. The bands are tight with each other. I thought that was really sick. And we were like 
huge COC fans and Blast fans. And obviously we went, we're Slayer fans too. So <laughs> we just, you can see it's all together, one thing. So it's really cool. These are great stories, man. Thank you for sharing. It's awesome. Oh, my pleasure, man. Anytime. Fuck yeah. Now you guys, uh, after that, you did a couple of like record, like small recordings. I, I think you guys did a recording for the Skate Rock Volume Nine, right, from Thrasher Magazine. Yeah, we did another demo. I think and it was with uh, we did one with John Schuler on bass, and it was with North, it was North America and uh, Netherworld Crawl and uh, Chuck O'Heaven. I think it was like four or five song demo we did. Sick. And then we did a, I think I did another one with another bass player, Ron Issa. Did you guys ever put those out? Uh, no, we didn't. Gotcha. I should just throw them up on YouTube. Fuck it. Yeah, I think I, shit, everyone kind of has a little bits and pieces of it all everywhere. So I gotta, I seriously need to get all that stuff together and do some stuff with it. Yeah, that'll take that takes a lot of time. It's just YouTube, whatever. <laughs> yeah, I have to do the same thing, and I'm just kind of like dragging my feet on it because it's so old, and I'm like, yeah, I don't know if I want everybody to hear this. Yeah, it's, it's kind of always hard to go backwards, you know. Right. It's nice just to do new stuff. So you guys, uh, do you guys tour after that? Uh, I think. Well, we toured. I think it was like 2014, 2015. We did a tour in 2000. Right. Other than that, the 90s, I think we didn't tour. Now, did you guys like just take a break or did you guys split up back then? Uh, well, we kind of just did different projects. Like Clifford did a band and me and Bill did our own band. We had this band called Lap. And that's what we did in the 90s. And then Clifford had his band and guys just tried different things you know and sure. i think 2000 we we're like oh, i'll start playing again and started booking some shows started playing out again and really kind of missed it and liked it and started doing it again lab is that life after blast that, it was live and burn and life after blast we couldn't decide which one nice we liked better. and who was in that band <laughs> that was bill torgerson the original drummer for uh, blast yeah My, myself and dave dinsmore clifford's brother Nice. Very cool. Yeah, that was like, I think we did a release on Santa Cruz Skateboards, actually. Fuck yeah. Thick as fuck. So eventually you guys did get back together. Yeah. And when was that? That was 2000. Nice. Yeah, the year 2000, I think we started booking shows and started playing out again. And that was with Dave Dinsmore, Clifford's brother on bass. Nice. And me and Bill and Clifford... When did you, yeah, we, you know, go ahead? Did a couple tours. What's that? Go ahead. Well, I, mean, I was just saying we went on a few tours with you know at that time with that lineup. I think we even started tuning down to D and making it a bit slower because originally I always wanted Blast to be a bit slowed down a little bit, you know, heavy, heavier and stuff, and so we tuned down and played a little slower. And, and that was kind of fun and different, so... A little louder. <laughs> yeah, we, were, we always like to be loud. <laughs> Fuck, yeah. Now, um, you guys eventually, uh, you guys redid It's In My Blood, but just entitled it Blood, right? 
Yeah, Greg Anderson from Southern Lord called and wanted to put it, all that stuff out. And so he just brought that stuff to the surface and we got uh, recordings of it. And Dave Anderson called Dave Grohl and Dave Grohl, an old time friend of ours, had it done studio. And he was like, fuck yeah, we're going to shit in here now. Man. Let's do this. He couldn't have been cooler and fucking nicer about it and just destroyed it. It made it sound really fucking badass. He basically stripped it all, stripped all that fucking shit from the 80s off of it, you know? So he and Greg Anderson, you know, took it on and uh, redid the whole thing. And we released a couple records off of uh, Southern Lord Records with Greg Anderson, which was super cool. Which records are those? The Expression of Power. And the Expression of Power actually is, we recorded the Power of Expression three times. Oh, wow. The first time, we was, you know, it was like the first time we were in the studio, so we were like, oh, I kind of felt, we were such a live band, we hated the studio. Right. We, we can never capture the sound we wanted in the studio compared to our live sound. So we just loved the live sound that we had. And studios could never fucking capture that. So we were just constantly pissed about it so the first record was like oh we can do better and then we're so smart we played this show in Long Beach I'm like fuck let's record after the show you know we're gonna be super burnt our ears are gonna be blown out and we're so fucking brilliant we'll record after that <laughs> like total graveyard shift too like it was from uh, 12 to 7 in the morning with Bill Matoyer at Track Studios wow so we went for it, you know, we're, you know, we're just into it, wanted to do it. We had this opportunity, so we went and recorded, and that turned out slow, you know, it was kind of slowed down, because I think we were just tired of something, and I personally, my opinion is, I wanted to use that rec- record. Nice. Recording, sorry, and put that one out, because I liked it, you know, it was cool, and it sounded really good. Uh, some of the other guys wanted to do it again, or Steve or something wanted to do it again, and so we had to record it again, and by that time, I kind of was just over that. And so we had to do it three times. Brutal. And the, have you ever heard, so anyways, the expression of power, Greg Anderson has all three recordings he put out. Nice. The first one, the second one, and the third one. So that was that whole trip. That's what that was about. And then he redid, you know, him and Greg, I mean, Dave Grohl did, redid Blood and released that. So that was, you know, that for uh, Southern Lord Records. And then uh, the tapes for the Manic Ride, Take the Manic Ride, are gone. It just disappeared. We don't know where where they're at, so it's kind of a bummer. And that's another story about a recording we didn't dig. Right. So that's the one everybody wanted to really get their hands on. Yeah, I got that CD. Unfortunately, that uh, didn't happen. So right now I got another thing about it and then we're remastering uh, it right now as we speak so hopefully you know Brad Boatwright is working on it he's been working hard on it and hopefully he does some miracles with that yeah, those, those albums are legendary nice release, then we'll release that you know as soon as he's done if it turns out good those are all three legendary albums how did you uh, how did you know David Grohl from before well Dave we uh, played together I think it was the It's In My Blood tour at CBGB's, and he drummed for a Scream. 
Oh shit. And we were friends with Scream, you know, because yeah. they used to come to Sackers a lot. And so we were kind of hyped because we played CBGBs with Scream and us. And all of a sudden, you know, Scream, Dave joined Scream right before that. And so we were standing there and I was watching him play. And all of a sudden, we're like, holy fuck, who's that on the drums? <laughs> he was just fucking mind bending. Like, he just fucking killed it. We we're blown away. Right. You know, it was unreal. So, you know, we just became friends ever since then. And so I think it was like shit, '87 or something like that. Did you guys ever communicate when he was in Nirvana? Oh yeah, we fuck all the time. We used to go see Nirvana all the time. He set us up backstage and party, have a good time. Dave's always been great. That's sick as fuck. And um, so you guys, after you uh, re-released Blood, you guys played a string of shows. Did you tour at all for that? Uh, yes, we toured with COC and we toured with Down. Uh, yeah, we did some touring with that for sure. Who was in we your... We actually made it overseas finally too. We played uh, nice. the Hellfest, the same Hellfest as Black Sabbath played. So for us, it was like, you know, it was a fucking super magical night that was badass. You guys played on the same night as Black Sabbath? Yeah. That's sick. That's so yeah, sick. Yeah, it was, it was unreal. I got to... Well, long story again, but we all jumped down in the, you know, where the barricade is, where all the bouncers are. Right. So we got right there and jumped in the middle of it, and we were like, we had to look straight up pretty much, and Ozzy and all them were like Holy 15 shit. feet from us. Shit. <laughs> it was fucking badass. It was unreal. That's fucking unreal. Because that's, you know, that's another huge influence. Black Flag and Black Sabbath were pretty much my personal Absolutely. influences back in the day. I remember seeing uh, Woody Weatherman had a shirt that had like the black flag bars and it said Black Sabbath. It was fucking sick. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's pretty much the whole uh, blueprint for that whole scene. Now, who, when you guys toured, uh, Reese, or the last tours that you guys did, who was in your lineup? Oh, fuck. It's just, it even got even better and I'm, it's unreal. Like, you know, we got Nick Oliveri to play bass. Fuck yeah. He was into it. You know, he came down to 606 Studios with grow and hung out and stuff and just got super hyped on it he's up in Caius and Queens of the Stone Age and then you know we're practicing with Haas you know getting some songs and a couple shows and you know all of a sudden Joey Castillo came to one of our shows he goes fuck I gotta go see them because he's always been into it and he's a long time uh drum killer fucking also you know he's yeah, back he, in Wasted Youth and all this rap bands yep, Danzig and shit anyways he's just an unreal drummer and he's like fuck I'm gonna do this so we got Castillo and Oliveri in in the band and we started touring with that lineup and it's just fuck it was so fun so there's you know they still we all talk and try to figure out how to get a record done so you know, that's hopefully our next thing is to do a new record. So you guys, you guys got plans for Nick and Joey. You guys got plans to do another one. You got any songs written? Oh yeah, fuck, definitely. Songs are written, and we got some more ideas that we want to work on together. You know, Joey and Nick are in other bands, and they tour and play a lot. So it's been hard to find the time to get the right time together, all four of us. You know. Right. But, you know, we pass songs and ideas and 
everyone's super down and anxious and excited to do it. So, you know, definitely do that. We actually did a one song with Joey and Nick and Cliff and I, and we did a split with I Hate God. Sick. And, you know, so they picked one of their fucking bitching songs and, and we recorded a song with Elaine and Johannes in Hollywood and he was just super good too. That's amazing. So that this has been super fun and it sounds really fucking heavy and we're all kind of excited to get this done. It's just been taking some time. This has been a bit frustrating, but we'll get it. Fuck yeah, I can't wait to hear that. Yeah, it sucks with all this uh, lockdown and stuff, but it seems like I think that uh, everything's going to be opened up sooner than we think. I think a lot of people are just sick of it. And Oh, for sure. I don't think they can even stop people any longer. This whole pandemic thing is just... It's, it's just going to be over sooner than you think, like you said. Fuck yeah. It's going to be great. Well, uh, anything else you'd like to say or comment about anything else? Uh, shoot. Thanks for having me on, and I hope I can get another Blast record out. Or Actually, we have enough for two or more or so. Fuck yeah, I can't wait to hear it. Hopefully we can get that shit out and figure out how we're going to get it out and who's going to do it and all this good stuff and get this fucking thing rolling again. Fuck yeah. And uh, I'll definitely talk to you about some shows for sure, at least. Oh, definitely. <laughs> Anyways, uh, thanks for coming on the show, Mike. We really appreciate it. Uh, thank you for having me, Jeff. Oh yeah, Mike Nider from Blast. You know, the power of expression is uh, its definitely was a mind-bending album for me at that age. I, I remember when I heard it, I was kind of just like, it was really kind of confusing because it wasn't so formulated like all the other punk bands because back then you had Minor Threat, Dead Kennedys, TSOL, whatever. And these guys were totally in left field. And the more I listened to them, the less and less they sounded like Black Flag. They actually started sounding like their own. Because I'll tell you one thing, musically... They blew Black Flag out of the water because Greggan was so, like, you know, unorthodox with the style where these guys were very clean and polished and they would pull it off live. It was really insane. And they kind of, like, morphed into this, like, you know, they, they went with that whole skater style that would eventually come, like, the desert sessions with bands like Caius, uh, Fu Manchu, that whole desert kind of skateboard sound and it's they're definitely one of my favorite bands always will be and just the progression of punk rock how it you had these guys that were just punkers that kind of morphed into this like kind of you know like they were from santa cruz they had this kind of you know a little like kind of cholo vibe of skaters you know salinas was all that you know we were that from day one and then the skate scenes were just like two mirrored opposite scenes but they were kind of the same in a way of like who was cool and who wasn't and which side could you be on. And then um, I just remember punk rock just went off in all these different directions, you know, like you had bands that kind of went to that stoner doom, kind of stoner rock like style. Uh, COC did it, you know, uh, blasted it obviously. And then a couple other bands. And then you had the, the bands that were kind of like following the more calculated, more formulated model, like social distortion, because like, the 2000s, let's face it, that, Punk just took a nosedive, you know, like the styles. They just kind of, people just got burn on them, kind of in a way. Uh, and I thought, like, I kind of just got into that stoner rock scene. I love Caius, you know, that Queens of the Stone Age. Those bands are fucking awesome. And I thought they kind of kept that vibe alive through that. And it's all coming back now, which is really sweet. I agree. The uh, 2000s are kind of like, it was like, I would still say punk's going through kind of another transitional period where 
oversaturated for a very long time. A lot of different, lot without trying to be insulting or anything, but it definitely a different sound from what it generated from. And now it's kind of trying to find itself. You still have some of that. Like, it's like there's a million pockets in punk right now, which is what makes it really hard to define what is and is punk and all that shit. You still have all your pop guys. You still have all the old school skate. You still have the crossover. You still have all that. It'd be nice to see it all kind of come back into one big thing again. Yeah, I mean, I think I think it kind of it will eventually. I think after this ban is lifted, I think you're going to see a lot of punk bands come out of the woodworks and just really kill it. I think this is kind of like a slingshot, right? Because everybody's going to want to go outside after this thing's done, and you're going to oh, see. Yeah. I mean, this is in all your local towns, wherever you're listening to this from. People will want to enjoy life again and punk rock. And music, live music in general, is such a release of endorphins every time you go out. It's going to be great. People are going to want to run around in that fucking slam pit again. Right, exactly. And, and Missouri gets to do it first, those bastards. Whatever. We'll get there soon. Soon, I hope. For sure. I've played Missouri many times. St. Louis, I love that place. Yeah. Great. We've had some epic shows there. Awesome shows. I'll, I'll go on for days about that. Uh, I'll, I'll have a quick one, real quick one. We played this pizza parlor. With this thrash band, Lich King, they were fucking sick as fuck. They played behind us, but we were support for them. It was a big fest. There was a ton of bands. By the time we came on, it was a fucking riot. It was like a straight riot. It erupted. It, the the fight. It was a two story pizzeria. The upstairs was like a bar kind of venue, and then the bottom was like a pizza parlor with a bar. The whole fight went downstairs. We were still playing. The place cleared out. There was like half the people there watching us, and the bartender ran up to the stage and was like stop playing there's a fucking riot downstairs i was like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) it was fucking nuts it was really hot really sweaty because in the midwest it's very humid yeah but it was awesome it was epic anyways i'm gonna let this go thank you for all this thank uh, sorry i fumbled over my tongue happens every now and then Anyways, thank you guys all for listening. We appreciate it. Like us on Instagram. New Instagram thing on there. And like, share, subscribe, follow. What's the handle on Instagram? The Jeff Salgado Show. Sick. Uh, Each word's abbreviated by a period. So if you guys want the proper spelling, uh, look at that. Uh, Like us on Facebook. Yeah, the link is on Facebook for Instagram too. So, Or vice versa. Follow us on Spotify, um, Stitcher, Podbean. Apple Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. I, I, iTunes. Yep, iTunes. And we really appreciate all your support to get the show out. We have some really cool interviews, and we have some more coming up that are legendary. Thank you guys all for listening. Have a good night. Peace.